Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode 36 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. In the studio with me this week, Jake Atnip, Brett Summers. We are excited to bring you this show. We've got a lot going on, including uh, we'll talk a little uh, baseball playoff matchups, softball playoff matchups, and girls' soccer playoff matchups. Uh, a little beach bums as well as they open the season at home coming up this Wednesday. We've got an interview with Frankfurt star catcher and All-American Brett Zimmerman. Uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later. Jake and I were lucky enough to sit down with him at 8.30 in the morning. We both had to get up a little bit early. I think that was I think that was tougher for Jake That's, than it was for me because I'm, I'm used to getting up. That is way too early for me. That is way too early for Did me. Did you go home and nap? Oh, yeah. At first, it took me a couple hours, and then I, I actually hit my bed. I was laying on the couch thinking, oh, I should just, if I don't want to go on my bed, I'll sleep too long. Hit my bed, and I didn't wake up until almost 3, so it was like a three-and-a-half, four-hour ordeal after I went back home. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, we have the Get Around Hall of Fame where we will induct a, another athlete of the week, and as I say every week, into the most prestigious Hall of Fame that there is in the world, the entire world, I would say. I'll even go universe, yes? Probably. We, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> We don't make plaques, but if we did, they'd be better than the one of Brandy Chastain that just came out. I don't know or, if you've seen oh, that. What about Man, the? That was awful. What about the uh, the bust of uh, what was Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Yeah. Wait, this wait. one's worse. Is it really? Yes. Oh boy. The, uh, it, it, they're they're on a pretty high level together. They're both bad. The the sculptor of the Ronaldo one, he did do another one, and it looks much nicer it's it's pretty good so they should hire someone else to do this one <laughs> yeah brett is showing me this right now and it is absolutely horrific and so you got uh, on there a picture of it kind of looks like john elway i i said gino oriema the the coach for the yukon huskies the uh, the women's basketball team that that i am it, it kind of looks like the uh, the artist was channeling his um inner uh, Joker, you know, the Heath Ledger portrait Joker and, as well, just the, really stretching the cheeks and kind of, I, I don't, eh, wow. Yeah, I don't, uh, <laughs> that doesn't even look a little bit like her at, at all. All right, so we've got that, the Hall of Fame and the trifecta this week, as there are only three people in the studio as James takes the week off. So it's back, it's the Hemfecta is gone. And here is the trifecta back in its place. Despite Jake's want for a hamfection to, I don't know, take over the globe, a, a pandemic and uh, Yeah, put uh, that hamfection in a pandemic. Sorry, I'm that's bad. So, yeah, we got that. Uh, the trifecta this week is the best sports nicknames. I've got one from each of the major sports, uh, MLB, NHL, NBA, and uh, NFL. My NFL one is clearly the best, uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later. And before we get to all of that, let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. Uh, the biggest conversation since last week... Uh, and since the release of the boys basketball all-region special and then the release of the team in Sunday's edition of the Record Eagle has been the giant debate over whether or not Jalen Rogers deserved to be the player of the year. Uh, I got 
some, I wouldn't call it hate tweets, but uh, definitely not nice tweets. Uh, got some messages. Via you got some Twitter. mean tweets. I got some, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. I should, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do that. I, I did get um, some mean tweets, and uh, I got uh, I got a couple messages. Um, I won't identify the person that sent me the messages, but I will talk about some of the things he or she said to me. Um, and if he or she gets upset at me, I'm not identifying you, so... Uh, tough shit, because uh, <laughs> some of the things that uh, you said were, uh, in my opinion, uh, patently ridiculous, and I was, after some of the things, I was able to just completely disregard your opinion. It was it was that simple. So Yeah, I, I will interrupt you real quick and say do. that uh, anybody who's thinking that you might, you know, admit that you should have voted my way, you're not going to hear that from Brendan. No, I will admit one mistake, however. I will uh, flat out admit a mistake that we made in the All-Region team, and that's Matt Loney. Matt Loney deserved more than being an honorable mention. Uh, he probably deserved a third or fourth team honors, and uh, I, I don't know where my head and where James's head was on that when we were putting that together and why we decided that he was going to be the last guy cut. I mean, he still is in the top 26 players as the as an honorable mention uh, but uh, that was a mistake uh, on our part and, and I'll cop to that right now because uh, he certainly in my opinion probably should have been a third teamer with uh, his with his Frankfurt teammate Griffin Kelly so Twitter was blowing up or at least mine was blowing up uh, especially after I sent out a tweet um, saying that I didn't understand all of the hate that Rodgers was getting, that the pick was getting, and I said that it was pissing me off, and it was pissing me off. Um, I'm going to have to go back and look at your mentions. <laughs> I, it was all, I think it was, it must have been Friday or Saturday night, because, uh, oh no, was it, I think it was Saturday night. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Uh, I was out with uh, 7-4's Harrison Beebe, as well as uh, several other people. Harrison's got to get his uh, his mention in every week. But, yeah, my phone, every couple of seconds, I was looking at notifications. You've got nine notifications. You have six notifications. You've got three messages. And uh, I did my best to respond to all of them, but by the end of it, I was like, all right, you can just have your opinion. You know what my position is, and uh, I'm done discussing it until we get to the podcast on, uh, well, it's now going to be, re- be released uh, on today which will be Wednesday we're recording this on Tuesday so Brett you you have the floor if you want to go forward again uh, I mean do we want to rehash this entire thing uh, I think uh, Joey Weber's brother Benjamin we- uh, Weber sent me uh, a tweet saying how long are you guys going to talk about this uh, this is a debate that can go on for years to come and I was like hey we're talking about it on the podcast again so we're going to keep it going well, I'm definitely, as you are, and I would expect you to, defending my original position, um, that Cade Peterson was uh, should have been the choice for player of the year. So I don't want to throw uh, my esteemed colleague James Cook under the bus, especially gonna. since he's not here to defend himself. I think. How, uh, many, how, well, how many wheels are in this bus that you're throwing him under? Is this a... I mean, well, it's not horror. I th- you you know the story that I'm about to tell, but so before this team was finalized, 
I knew your position was Jalen Rogers, and although at the time I knew I was leaning uh, Cade Peterson's direction, I hadn't made an official decision yet, um, and Rogers wasn't really. Ev- I mean, he was a dream teamer for me, but he wasn't even in my top three. And so your top three was Cade, Hayes, and Harris. Yes. And all legitimate candidates, by the way. Yeah, I, this is. I will say, I'm not. There's nothing as far as individual dream teamers go. Our dream team was legit. Yes. There's and all five of them had a case for player of the year. Yes. Um, but I. But I, I knew you I were peer pressured James into my pick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had literally talked to James like the day before, and uh, it's like Brendan's. Brendan wants to pick Jalen Rogers. I was like, you know, I like some of these other guys, but I'm, I really like Cade Peterson. I think that's where my vote's going to be. And James was pretty much like, yeah, Cade Peterson sounds good. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> Jalen Rogers is the choice. And I asked you, I was like, did you just make a unilateral decision? And you said, no, James. James was good with uh, with Jalen Rogers, so because we had we had looked at that before then, we didn't really have uh, all of um, Kate Peterson's numbers, and so we looked at those. We compared them to Jalen's, and it was uh, we went kind of with uh, the numbers kind of thing. However, I got the message the, that I got. Um, someone had been crunching numbers and putting all this stuff together, and uh, you know he he or she had given me this stat called a, I think it's called a value point system mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, basically what he said to me, oh, what he or she said to me was that uh, Jalen doesn't stack up to the other players and that he was a poor player when uh, they played. And after he, uh, he or she said that, I was like, oh, this is, you're ridiculous. You are, I, I, I don't need to listen to anything that you're saying anymore, and I'm not going to respond because uh, that, that's wrong. But you didn't actually see their numbers. No, I saw their numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen their he numbers, so I can't me, really. He or she sent me some of those numbers. I should just start saying she to balance it out of the times that I've said he. <laughs> He or she, uh, it, I'm, I'm probably tiptoeing along an ethical line here as a, as a journalist uh, simply because one of the first messages that he sent me, I'm just going to keep saying he, I don't care at this point, uh, he told me that this was off the record. However, he did not say that for the following messages. So while we were talking, each, you know, if you want to tell me it's off the record, that's fine, just make sure you do it on every message. And... So, again, tiptoeing an ethical line, but I'm right. I know nothing's going to change your mind. No. I'm but, stubborn uh, as f***. Yes, I know. You know, as far as the stats go, yeah, if you just line up the statistics um, on, uh, well, on paper. Apparently not to the numbers that I was sent. Okay, the raw. if you just look at the raw numbers as far as the per-game averages, it would appear that Rodgers had a slightly better season. But he did average almost seven points a game higher than Cade. Seven? Yeah. It was 19 to almost 15. To 13.7. No. That's not the number that ran. Well, then this time I guess I'm wrong. But 
Yeah, it was like three and a half point difference. Anyway, four and a half point difference. There was so much that Peterson brought to the table in an every game basis that was not necessarily reflected in stats that easily overcomes the per game average disparities. And I still don't think it's really even close. I don't I don't get that. And again I bring up the fact that you didn't see Jalen play this year, and you tell me that you don't need to see Jalen play because you saw Cade play so many times. And uh, while I understand that argument, uh, I don't think it holds any water or is a valid uh, reason why you are choosing Cade Peterson and why you said Rogers' numbers were walking. not good enough. Nobody's to... numbers in the Northwest Conference were good enough. The Northwest Conference was so up this year that you saw stats for every single player dip. Mm-hmm. Nobody averaged twenty points in the Northwest Conference. You were, nope. but that so they were playing in the best conference, hands down, the best conference that we covered in Northern Michigan. At least with the most talent. And you can say you're looking at class. I mean, it's either the Northwest or the Big North, and you might be able to say, you know, I mean the Big North would have its would have its say. There were definitely some talented teams there that if you put them in the Northwest Conference that they're gonna be at you know, they're gonna rise to the top as well. Sure, but if you look at the straight competition in the Northwest, you got those top three teams. And they're battling each other. And you're also looking at the rest of the teams in the Northwest that look at those top three teams and say, we're giving you our best shot. We're going after you with everything that we have. And like I said, the numbers dipped for everybody. So there wasn't, as I I said on the special, there wasn't a a clear winner like Gabe Merriweather was last year. Like he was far and away, uh, you know, who we were going to choose. You've got good points in your argument. But the one that I have a big issue with is the one of you saying that it doesn't matter that you never saw Jalen Rodgers play this year and that you saw him play last year, and that's good enough for you. Well, I wasn't making the argument that because I saw him play last year that that was all I needed to see. I'm just saying he would have needed to average more than 19 point whatever points per game to push beyond what I was seeing from Cade Peterson. But nobody was doing that. Nobody in the Northwest right. Conference and was so doing that. And so had he done that, he would have been He was still your top right, scorer. Good choice for player of the year. Was still your, your top scorer. He was still uh, one of the most clutch players in the Northwest or in Northern Michigan. He also, I would argue the same thing about Cade Peterson. Absolutely, and that's why I said they're close. He was a close second. I'm not trying to degrade what Cade Peterson did. No, I understand, did. and I'm not All trying right. to degrade, degrade what Rodgers did either. Bullshit. So if, no, so if they're that close, Peterson lifted his team higher than Rodgers lifted Frankfurt. Yes, but I don't agree, and I said this on Twitter, that one loss negates an entire season. What Cade did, helping his team get to the state championship game... But it it wasn't even one loss. You're right. It it wasn't even just Cade that did that. You had Xander Okerlund, you had Reese Hazleton. Right, but you list off all the teams that Glen Lake beat through that stretch... And every single game, Peterson was doing something incredible to lift that team to the win. And so I'm not necessarily arguing that because of the loss that Frankfurt suffered removed Rodgers from uh, the playing field. It was the fact that 
Cade's play delivered more and more and more opportunities for him to continue to do so, and he did until the very end. Put Rodgers on Glenn Lake and they're a better team. No, not even close. He's, he, he's basically a repeat player. What, what do you H- mean Him and Oakland play the same position, and if you swap him, him in for Oakland, oh, if you swap him in for Oakland, Glenn Lake is no better. You can't have both guys on the floor. Well, yes, you could, but he, you but Rodgers have... isn't going to play a point guard. Yes, he is. No. He can run the floor. He can be the floor general. Well, sure, he could, but that's not his skill set. That's not the position he plays. So his game would be entirely different if you put him in the one instead of the two. I'll remind you one other thing that you often tell me when we do these little scenarios is mm-hmm. you always say, you're really good at this stuff. You know what you're talking about. You absolutely do. You absolutely do. You know what you're talking about. James knows what he's talking about. I. Uh, you generally know, know what you're talking about. Yeah, generally, but apparently in this case, uh, to many uh, out there, uh, I don't. I, the one question that I have, the one concern that I have, is how is Jalen feeling about all this? I mean, he's he is getting ripped not directly, but indirectly mm-hmm. by people out there. Oh, I do uh, feel bad for him for and, that. And directly ripped, but fortunately for him, the message that I got wasn't uh, was just a message on Twitter and wasn't an actual message, or it wasn't an actual tweet. But here I go and said it anyway. Guess what? I'm not in sports anymore, so I don't have to deal with anybody in that realm. <laughs> and soon enough, you're not even going to hear my voice on the podcast. I'm leaving this. That's how you're going to break the news? Yeah. <laughs> Angrily, gonna break the news. Angrily, again, I wanted to get back to this. How's, how does Jalen feel? You said you feel bad for him. Everybody out there, except um, I, I got a, uh, I got a, a nice message, and I can say this uh, from Austin Harris. He sent me a nice message and uh, saying that he felt bad for the criticism that I was getting, and I said back to him, I'm like, I've gotten a lot worse. Um, but he also said that he thinks that Jalen did deserve it and he said he was embarrassed by some of the things that people were saying uh on twitter and apologized for that and i thought it was uh you know a pretty classy move by him absolutely to come out and say that jalen is such a great teammate and uh, that he deserved it because there is hey there's a dream teamer right there who's sticking up for the guy who got player of the year yeah that's excellent to see um you know having gotten to know austin uh you know, he may come off as a little flamboyant on the floor and, you know, a, that's little, why uh, during the, a little cocky. But That's why during he, the special I said he's my favorite player, and maybe that's why he messaged me. He's like, that Brendan guy, he's okay because I'm his favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely cares. And, um, you know, I guess as far as, you know, as far as how Jalen's feeling, you know, I would just hope that I think like in a lot of cases with Frankfurt that, you know, that, that community is always supportive of its athletes. And, you know, in this case, I kind of hope that it's insulating him from that a little bit and still allowing him to enjoy the award. You know, I said it on the All-Region podcast, congratulations, and I absolutely meant it. And uh, even though I, you know, don't agree with the choice, he did have a phenomenal season. And, uh, I mean, he's been a great player for three, four years now. 
You know, he's definitely one of those household names in northern Michigan as far as uh, prep boys basketball goes. So he shouldn't uh, – he certainly shouldn't be feeling bad about any of this. And not only that, but he's a great kid off the court, too. If you go back and listen to the interview with him last week, I think a lot of our listeners are going to understand that, that it's not just about what he was doing on the basketball court. In fact, that may have been second to some of the things that he wanted to do, you know, being part of the Interact Club, uh, you know, being a mentor and, and doing the things that, um, someone who wants to reach out and make his community better does. And I'm not saying that that factored into the decision, uh, but it certainly didn't hurt the kid all that much. And uh, I know what he said is that he's got some pretty thick skin after uh, being coached by Reggie Manville for a while and even said during the podcast that his feelings were hurt the first three years, but by the time that he became a senior, he had a lot thicker skin and uh, that he said that he's the man that he is today because of Reggie Manville. Congratulations again to all of our Dream Teamers, everyone from second through fifth team, and our honorable mentions. And th- thank you to all those players for, you know, working hard enough for us to have a conversation like this because it is fun to not always agree all the time. And I like this. I, th- I think the community, and even though a few may have gone a step too far, uh, it certainly has uh, generated a lot of conversation and chatter and, and listens on the podcast. bantering and um you know we're we're glad people are listening and reading and interested in the work that we're doing so uh and you know none of that would be none of that would be possible without any of these kids so brett i want to thank you for having this argument with me and uh being probably a little more civilized than i was <laughs> but again you were pretty you were pretty civilized i got a little heated i yeah. think I got that that Irish temper. At least I didn't like throw my mic against the wall. Well, that would have been funny if you did that, and I wasn't even here when we argued last week. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hey, if you have any thoughts, uh, guess what? We don't want to hear them. Uh, <laughs> so let's. Well, I have enjoyed hearing people agree with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Team Kate. I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know that we were. Uh, acting this out like Twilight, but whatever. That was Harrison Beebe, by the way. That's why I'm making fun of him. Because he dumped me out of a golf cart at whatever full speed. 12 miles an hour? Whatever we were golfing. Probably 12 miles an hour. Whatever. I still smacked my head and it still hurts right now. (sighs) Let's get on to the bulletin board and talk some baseball, softball, and girls soccer playoff matchups. So let's get straight into it as... This show is going long enough right now. Uh, baseball playoffs uh, in Division One at Traverse City West. You've got TC Central taking on Alpena. Traverse City West taking on Marquette. Down in Division Two at Petoskey, Sault Ste. Marie against Escanaba. They're going to play the uh, Sheboygan will play the winner of that game. Petoskey versus Kingsford. Also Division Two in Ogemaw Heights. You have Gaylord playing the winner of Ogemaw Heights, host Ogemaw Heights and Gladwin. Cadillac versus Kalkaska in that one as well. Down in D three at Kingsley, Benzie Central versus Kingsley, and the winner plays number one Traverse City St. Francis and Manton versus Traverse City Christian. In Division Three at Mancelona, Charlevoix versus host Mancelona. The winner there plays Harbor Springs, and you got Elk Rapids versus Boyne City. D3 in Grayling, Grayling versus McBain. The winner plays Houghton Lake, and then Roscommon versus Lake City. 
D4 in East Jordan, you've got uh, the Red Devils taking on Ellsworth, and they're going to play Gaylord St. Mary, and then Wolverine versus Boyne Falls. Uh, D4 again, uh, Lake Leonard St. Mary, you're going to have Bel Air versus Glen Lake, winner plays Central Lake, and then Sutton's Bay versus the host Eagles uh, in Onekama. Uh, Frankfurt versus Brethren, winner there, plays Forest Area, and then Misik versus Onekama. Looking at that list, a uh, long list, and if you audible viewers weren't able to follow along too well, but uh, boys, what do we think is uh, are the most intriguing matchups there? Well, I mean, Division One, if Central and West win their opening round games, that, I think, becomes the, the primetime ticket uh, as far as districts go. I think they both those teams can win but and both are fighting for the big north conference right now right so down in uh division three at kingsley um benzie central and kingsley you know host kingsley are going to play and uh, whoever wins that gets to play traverse city st francis who is ranked number one but i think that the big thing there is it, it traverse city st francis gets that first round by but they're just going to be able to sweep out of that district anyways um same thing down in division four at onekama with the number two ranked uh frankfurt Panthers, they uh, played Brethren in the first round. They didn't get that bye like Traverse City St. Francis did, but then they have to go ahead and most likely play Forest Area in the next round, so I think they won't have too much trouble there. And then another team that does get a bye that uh, is going to be, I feel like we'll have a fairly easy time going through their district, is uh, Gaylord St. Mary, which is down in Division Four at East Jordan. Um, East Jordan and Ellsworth play in the first round game there, and they'll go ahead and take on uh, Gaylord St. Mary, whoever wins that one. So One of the things that really kind of interests me looking at these districts, though, and, uh, particularly the Division Three at Kingsley, which has St. Francis, and the Division Four at East Jordan with Gaylord St. Mary, is you look at the other teams that didn't get buys, and they have to be like, how did, I mean, I know it's a blind draw, it hap- you know, it's it's random, but you're looking at teams, you know, at or near the top of the rankings in the state, and if you're those other teams, you're like, why didn't they have to play one more game? Because you got to feel like that's that's your best chance of beating them is that they have to use three pitchers, and that's your and argument for seeding. It is right there. But you know, when St. Francis and Gaylord St. Mary are able to skip that first round and then only have to worry about using their first two arms, that's a uh, that's a pretty nice luxury to have and makes it so much more tough and unlikely for an upset to happen. All right, let's uh, move on to softball right now because we got to roll as quickly as we can. D- uh, Division One also at Traverse City West. You've got the Trojans and the Titans meeting June 1st at 1 p.m., so that is going to be a good one. Also, Alpina versus Marquette in that uh, district uh, Division Two at Petoskey, the Sioux takes on the Northmen. Kingsford versus Sheboygan. Winner there plays Escanaba uh, in Ogama Heights. Caddy versus Ogama Heights, and then the winner there is going to play Gladwin and Kalkaska versus Gaylord. Uh, we're looking at Kalkaska coming out of that one pretty, pretty quickly. That'd yes. be pretty shocking if they. The Blazers don't emerge with a district title. Uh, Division three now: uh, Traverse City St. Francis versus Kingsley. The winner there plays Manton, and then you've got Grand Traverse Academy versus Benzie Central uh, in Division three. Mancelona Elk Rapids versus Charlevoix. Winner there plays Harbor Springs. Boyne City versus Mancelona in that district as well. Down in East Jordan, you have East Jordan versus Central Lake. Winner there plays Ellsworth, and then Bel Air versus Alba. In Lake Leelanau, St. Mary, 
You've got Bear Lake versus Frankfurt. Winner there plays Lake Leonard St. Mary, and then Sutton's Bay versus Glen Lake. And then finally in Onekama, Brethren versus Onekama, and Pentwater versus Mason County Eastern. So I'll ask you again the same question. Looking at that list, what interests you the most? Well, kind of like what Brett said in the baseball, you know, that first round matchup between Traverse City Central and Traverse City West obviously is going to be the big ticket item for those first district games. And, you know, they split, they've been splitting games over the in course of the season, so I know it's going to be a good matchup. It really is up in the air who's going to come out of that. I know a lot of people probably expect Central to, um, but... I, I do think that there's a chance that the Titans will come out on top, so I think that's pretty intriguing as well. But there are a couple other matchups. Another one I wanted to touch on was all the way down in Division Four, uh, out at Lake Leland St. Mary. Uh, Bear Lake versus Frankfurt. I know Bear Lake is basically having their best season in the past 20 or 30 years, and um, led by you know Haley May and a couple of other girls out there, and they're going to go up against a really good Frankfurt team, which is kind of a tough draw in the pre-districts. But you know Frankfurt hasn't been completely unstoppable. Um, you know, here in the late stages of the season. So I think if they get a good stroke of luck, like you guys said, it, it could really play a role in having those first couple extra games because they didn't pull uh, first round by. I'll say that, um, you know, Bear Lake, I'm sure, is feeling confident about the matchup and they think they can win that game. Um, but I, for one, will be surprised if Frankfurt doesn't win that game. I, I definitely agree as well, but I just think it's intriguing because of the fact that you know, Frankfurt has shown a couple signs of weaknesses. Um, nothing that's, you know, really been glaring enough to make you scared that they're gonna not going to make it out of their district. But I think with the season that Bear Lake has had, it'll be interesting, especially all the way down there in D4. Um, just another, you know, marquee matchup that happens in the first round of districts. On to girls' soccer now in Division One. Traverse City West taking on Alpena, and if Traverse City West wins that game, and I think Which we they can, will. Yeah, I think we, mm-hmm. we definitely uh, expect that to happen with the talent that's on that team. They're going to play Traverse City Central, and that's definitely the matchup that I think everybody in this, uh, in this area wants to see. And then two games that we don't really care about, Midland versus Saginaw Heritage and Midland Dow versus Bay City Western. In D2, Gaylord versus Cadillac, winner there plays Petoskey. Mount Pleasant versus Bay City, and the winner there plays Bay City. John, uh, John Glenn, another game we don't really care about, but we do care about Gaylord, Cadillac, and Petoskey. In Ludington, Benzie Central versus Hart. Kingsley versus Ludington. Big Rapids versus Mason County Central. And Reed City versus Manistee. In Grayling, you've got Traverse City St. Francis, the former Liberty. Uh, taking on Boyne City, Kalkaska versus Sheboygan, Grayling versus Roscommon, and the winner there plays Harbor Springs. In Division Four, uh, one of the more intriguing and, and certainly competitive of the districts that we see, Glen Lake versus Burt Lake, Northern Michigan. Winner there plays a very good team in Elk Rapids. North Bay versus Charlevoix, that is going to be a really good game, and the winner there plays Leland. Uh, I, I'd say there they've got... Uh, a really deep roster of players. Well, I just look at Elk Rapids and uh, you know want to see if they're going to be able to up what they've done the last several years. You know, they've made it um, nearly to the Final Four uh, two or three years in a row now, and uh, you can bet that you know with seniors like Nikki Hayes, um, you know, trying to make sure that they do get there uh, before. That senior class graduates, and you know, the Elks are always well coached by Andrea Krakow. So I'm just curious to see what 
that team ends up doing this year because they certainly are or have been one of the best teams uh, in the state for quite a while now. Well, we've all mentioned the stacked Division Four district and, uh, you know, just some of the, the names uh, coming out of there. I mentioned Nikki Hayes, teammates Drew Antcliffe and Claire Klein. You've got Rachel Nesberg and Megan Skolton from Charlevoix and Sydney Dedman, who's been a goal-scoring machine this year, and uh, Paige Kohler for North Bay. And uh, I'm sure we're leaving a couple of players out. but um, Hey, don't worry. We'll get angry messages on Twitter. Just kind of uh, illustrates uh, how talented uh, of a field that is in Charlevoix. Before we move on, we have to talk about one of, I would say, the most competitive match, and that is in Division Three, Traverse City-St. Francis going against a Boyne City team that has been rolling this season. Uh, Traverse City-St. Francis got a great roster, but so does Boyne City. What do we expect out of that game? Yeah, like you said, I mean, either way it goes, I think you can expect that team to make it out of the district. Um, with Traverse City-St. Francis, Kelly Klettner, Maddie Weirda, um, these girls have a good shot to go over Boyne City, but Boyne City, I'm, like I told you, I'm almost positive they, they've tied Elk Rapids this year. They've won some pretty big games. I know they've beaten North Bay. And there's been times when they've been rolling enough where I think if they get past Traverse City, St. Francis, it'll be easier for them to get out of the district. And you can't forget about Natalie Graff on St. Francis. Yeah. Uh, she's a perennial dream teamer. Former Elk Rapids player. Correct, yes. So a lot going on. We've got playoffs coming up. We've got track finals coming up as well. This is, uh, this is the time of year when we are... Uh, very, very busy. Or I wasn't in the office for five minutes, and I got to hear Jake lament having to type up all the track finalists. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, uh, I get to do this podcast, but I don't have to work sports, so I don't have to write a bunch of track uh, results or take any phone calls or anything like that. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I don't miss it. But you do I, have to go to school board meetings. I do have to go to school board meetings, and that's fine with me. I've been co- I've covered several. Um, uh, I mean dozens and dozens of school board meetings. So. I will just throw out congratulations to all the state qualifiers and track that I had to go through and pick out and write down last night. Very proud of all of you. and I know each one of you guys worked very hard towards your goals. So uh, <laughs> moving on and getting to the Beach Bums, they have their home opener on Wednesday at 5.05, and uh, they're looking to start the... I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that buzzer right there means that we are out of time, and so... We're not going to be able to talk beach bums this week, but uh, come back next week and uh, we'll do our best to to talk a little beach bums. uh, But uh, right now, let's talk baseball here in the northern Michigan area that is actually interesting, and that is out in Frankfurt. Uh, Jake and I were lucky enough to sit down with Frankfurt's Brett Zimmerman. So why don't we go ahead and take a listen to our interview with Brett Zimmerman right now. All right, it is our pleasure now to welcome in Frankfurt star catcher, All-American. How many times have you been an All-American now, Brett? Um, one time, uh, postseason, two-time preseason. Okay, uh, so we're welcoming in Frankfurt's Brett Zimmerman, uh, one hell of a baseball player, and has proved it through his career out in Frankfurt. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
So we are recording this at uh, a much different time. We're usually in the studio around 5.30 or, or 4 o'clock talking to guests. Um, this time, however, we are here early Monday morning, and lucky for you, Brett, you got to get out of class for this. How did you How did you pull that off? Did you just tell your teachers, like, I got to go do a podcast, man, so, you know, too bad. Yeah, it was pretty much just that. Really? Um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> last week of school, so um, my first hour is life skills, so we were just playing board games and got out of it. I still like the fact that I feel like we're legitimate now because people know this podcast and people at Frankfurt know this podcast and they're like, yeah, I was going to say, I that. think we're starting to get some pull. <laughs> I, you know, I was starting to get some pull in the community, so, you know, we got to watch what we say nowadays. Brett, um, first things first, you know, I uh, want to talk about this season. You guys are sitting at number two in the rankings. Uh, how do you feel everything's gone so far? Has this been a different season as a senior as it has been for your first three years? Is there a different kind of feeling to it, different mentality? Absolutely. Um, with senior season, I mean, you only get one shot at it. And since it's our last go at it, um, all the seniors are trying to just make the most of everything. And, uh, I mean, we're having fun with it. We didn't come out quite like we would have hoped so, but um, still, it only matters when... It gets the postseason. Yeah, you uh, you dropped how many games so far? Uh, four. Four. Last year you went undefeated uh, through the regular season and then had a bit of an early exit in the playoffs. Uh, do you feel like the schedule that you've played this season is preparing you for the postseason and making sure that that disappointment that you had last year, I mean, I'm calling it a disappointment because I, I would imagine that the, the Frankfurt team last year, ultra-talented, was looking at, you know, hoping for a Final Four appearance or, you know, uh, at least a run of the state championship game. So does that disappointment last year and then the schedule this year help you guys? For sure. Um, we gained a lot of new teams, like Muskegon Catholic Central, who's actually a team that knocked us out last year. And um, just playing more competitive baseball it's helping us just to see better pitching and get used to uh, facing these players that we'll see in the postseason. As the catcher, how much do you act as a leader on the field and then also working with the pitching staff? I try to act with the pitchers, um, just get a good relationship with them. Um, when they're struggling, I try to just help them out any way I can. And you got to know your pitcher to be able to do that, just how you go up and talk to them, if you crack a joke or if you have to just be serious with them. Who's, who's kind of different? Can you give me an idea of you know which pitcher it you know, you have to kind of deal with differently whether or not it is cracking a joke or cracking the whip. Like for Kirk, for example, Kirk Myers, he's a, uh, you can be tough on him. He's very, like, he can just get angry and muscle it out. And then Jack, he's just got to relax on the mound. So uh, I'll, I might go up there, crack a joke, or just... I remember, yeah. ta I remember talking to Jack last year on the phone for the recruit story, and he just seems like a pretty serious guy. That yeah. he is uh, either business all the time or uh, he's just kind of focused and ready to go. I could even tell that in the interview. Is that kind of what uh, am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, for sure. He um, when he tries when he gets angry, he just uh, he'll have trouble locating pitches a little bit. And you go up there and just like let him relax and um, just have fun with the game again, rather than just being here's what I got to do and that businessman sense, like you said. Well, so he's, he's still a hell of a pitcher, though. You, I mean, you've got a great pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah, they make it easy, I mean. <laughs> what, what's it like, you know, being the liaison between the pitchers and the head coach as a catcher? You know, having your dad be the coach, 
you be the catcher and then be able to relay those signals, relay that, what, what, exactly what your dad wants to the pitcher. I mean, what type of relationship and, you know, how's that formed with you, your dad, and the pitchers in between? Yeah, I mean, we've been playing together. Um, Jack transferred when he was in fourth grade because um, his mom got a new job, and Kirk came in seventh grade. So I've played with these guys a lot and um, played a lot of summer ball with them too. Before they even do, like, anything, I know – I. 90% of the time I know what's going on, and um, they know all the pitches I call, and they know my sequences and stuff, and my dad and I have talked, and him and I are always on, or generally on the same page with uh, everything that we do, so it makes it easy. So they let you call the games all the time out there? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely enjoyable. I mean, I mean, when, when you're calling games out there, obviously in these types of situations, um, how do you deal with the pressure of late-game situations knowing that it's on your shoulders? I mean, I don't know. I try not to think about it, really. I mean, we have a good pitching staff, and I trust them that if I call a pitch that they're going to locate it in the right spot and hopefully just hope that they, uh, I mean, hopefully they just throw the good pitch and our defense is good enough to generally make up for it. How often do they shake you off? Um, Every shake-off I call. So I actually call shake-offs. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, so is that a kind of... Uh, I would mess with the batter a little bit or get the batter thinking. Yeah. That is really interesting. That not only do you call pitches, but you call shakeoffs. Yeah. That is, I hope I'm not revealing some sort of secret to the to the rest of the competition, but uh, I never even thought that would be a strategy. That's I don't think I've ever heard of that either. I don't call, I don't call, I've never called a shakeoff in my life. I, I used to get pretty mad at him. Like, yeah. I'm trying to call this pitch, and <laughs> this one, throw the curveball. That's in, where did you where did that strategy come from? Is is that something they do in college or the majors? Um, I'm not really sure to be completely honest. Um, they just never uh, for Jack Morrow, for example. I've been calling his pitches my whole life, and um, he never once shook me off. And so we used to just uh, the shake of a fist was just just to shake off, and it's just for pitches that we go to a lot and. Uh, especially if he's throwing his curveball good that day or changeup good that day, just to make the batter get on his heels a little bit, hopefully, and yeah, get him off balance. Yeah, that's, that's definitely great. interesting. I like that. What's the uh, best per- pitching performance that you've personally caught uh, in a game? Do you remember one game where you were like, this guy's got it all going right now? Not in particular. I mean, Jack and Kirk both have dealt a lot of games. Um, Chance Ellsworth was, uh, last summer I played with him, and he's a re- he can get in the zone and just annihilate people. So with uh, the dynamic that you have, obviously, you, you've been with your dad, you've been with these guys for a while, so it's been a kind of a built-up deal, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, building the type of family that you have at Frankfurt and kind of having your dad at the helm, what does that feel like? I mean, are they, is this just a band of brothers? or? Yeah, I mean, um, especially this past year, we, uh, we really went into hanging out a lot of outside practice or outside of practice and stuff and with having my dad be the head coach um I mean all the kids we all know him really well he's coached us up so the relationship's just phenomenal I mean they're all like brothers I guess my dad's just kind of like a dad to all of them so what is that like what is having that close relationship what's the what are the benefits of that you know going to a school like Frankfurt instead of maybe going to a high school like I went to where there were 3,000 kids roaming the halls every single day. Growing up at Frankfurt, it's so small. I mean, everybody in my grade is like a brother or sister. 
I guess it really relaxes you on the field. If I'm struggling or Matthew's struggling, we always can look to Kirk, and Kirk's always kind of got our back because he's been in that situation before, and especially at school and stuff. I mean, I would say there's not really, like, as many groups of friends as it's just one kind of big family. So he's definitely had our back, or Matthew's had our backs before, and you just can look at your teammates and just bank on them, make a play. Yeah, and like I know you were saying before, like the senior year is kind of like you only get one shot at it. Yeah. So do you think that this has just been a big family culmination? Everybody's been building towards, you know, this one year when you guys know you just got to get it done? We kind of just told each other at the beginning of the year that this is it, so make the most of it and have fun with it and see where it goes. You talked about being brothers and have, being a family. In my family, anyway, grew up Irish Catholic. means that there was, there was some fighting in family, loud arguments from time to time. My brother and I have thrown down a few times, not so much anymore. We're, you know, he's almost 40. I'm in my 30s. We, you can't be, you yeah. know, fist you, fight. you can't be fist fighting each other anymore. But in a family, there are going to be arguments, and sometimes there are going to be fights. Has that ever happened on the team or... Maybe not a physical altercation, but have there been some heated arguments or anything like that, or are you guys just too nice to each other? I mean, it's mostly just joking around. For example, like Adam Whitecup and Griffin Kelly said that they were going vegan the other day, just to <laughs> screw with us. And uh, Who would go vegan? Yeah, they, um, they were ch- having a challenge with it, and so, I mean, it was just a lot of joking. Uh, during early season, Griffin had a squirrel hide from when he shot back in yeah. actual squirrel season and he threw it in Matthew's bag and like just <laughs> stuff like that. Like just doing There's a lot definitely of enough stuff. pranks for yeah. a family atmosphere. So, yeah. so more pranks than there are fights or arguments, okay. Yeah. Keep it lighthearted, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I now I feel bad about just how much my family fought. You know, when I, was, I mean, my brother was just up this weekend. We almost got into a fist fight like three times. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. It's it's you got brothers. It's no big deal. Now speaking of brothers, uh, I know like you said, your your brother was playing at Wayne State. You're actually going down there, and you're gonna be playing there next year. Did that factor into your decision at all? Did you know how the coaches worked, or, or what what made you do all that? I mean, it definitely helped going down there so much. I just got to know the campus really well. Got to know the coaches. Um, and the players and just the atmosphere. And my brother had a really good time down there, and it really helped me make my decision. There's always uh, just a little, I don't, not soft spot for it, but I always just kind of, I was attracted to it because it was closer, it felt more like home than a lot of other schools did. And so when I was trying to find a school that just felt like I was welcome and they wanted me for me, not just my baseball ability. The coaches already had a really good connection with, so it was easy to make that um, connection with them. So you've got a relationship with the coaches already. Um, have you ever? Did you ever go to a game and watch your brother play at, at Wayne State? A lot, yeah. So was that also kind of a reason why you were looking at your brother? Well, I'll ask you this. Do you look up to your brother? Absolutely. I mean, Kyle was, uh, he's always just kind of been my idol. He was always just, obviously, he's bigger, faster, and stronger than me, and um you're a pretty big guy. What are you, like 6'3"? Six, 6'2", six, two. Six, two, yeah. Yeah. And um, then once he, I mean, when he was there, he had a pretty good career, and I guess I always just wanted to kind of match it and see how I compare 
when I'm playing the same type of guys. See, it's nice that, like, you're talking about your brother, and I can see the smile that comes across your face. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, your face kind of lights up, and that's pretty cool thinking about that. If, uh, I mean, I love my brother to death, but I think <laughs> talking about him, I'm not sure how much I'd smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talked about uh, having some other offers from other colleges. Uh, w- would you mind kind of letting us know who else was looking at you and, and some of the reasons why you decided not, uh, to not go in that direction? I mean, like, Eastern... Uh, talk to me and stuff and um, I went down on a visit there and I mean it was a great visit really nice coaches really nice atmosphere but it was just um, it just didn't click I remember I went and sat at a football game after the whole visit and um, I sat there for about a half hour and then just looked at my dad and said this isn't for me Western was a great uh, campus too I actually went there with the kid and the kid I or two of the kids that were there are actually at Wayne One's at Wayne State and one's going to be a roommate with me next year. Okay. We were both there hanging out, and the three of us kind of were just walking around having a good time, and then talking to them, they're like, they asked me if I had any other offers. I was like, yeah, well, I have an offer from Wayne State right now. And he's like, same. And um, so we talked a little bit about that, and it was like, on my way home, I kind of just sat there. I was like, I was just at a visit at Western, and I was still talking about Wayne State. And so... Yeah. It kind of just put it in perspective that that wasn't a good fit for me either. So, I think it's a, a very mature attitude to have because it's a huge decision to make. It's not like something you're continuing your baseball career at the collegiate level, and so you've got to pick what you feel is the right school for you. And like I said, I feel like it's pretty mature to to understand that you you know going to Eastern and go, nope, this doesn't feel right. You know, going to Western and having a good time but still understanding that the best place for you is going to be Wayne State. What are you expecting your first year at that university? I'm hoping to have just a lot of fun. Uh, Joey Muslakovich, uh, the St. Francis first baseman, tours labrum, so he's not pitching this year, but he's going to be my roommate. He committed uh, last summer, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm Joey's up on the board. Where is he? Oh, maybe he's not on the board. No, he signed this license plate right over here, so we've got, like, signed merchandise from Muzlakovich as well. So, yeah. yeah, he's a good kid. We had him in here, uh, and he sat down, I think, right in that same seat and, and talked to us for a while. So what? Yeah. how do you feel that's going to be? Have you had a relationship with him before? Yeah, uh, I think it was right after my sophomore year. We started playing summer ball together, and, um, I mean, he just became, like, one of my best friends. And uh, looking... Last summer, looking that we were going to live together and stuff, we just, I mean, the bond grew tremendously, and it's going to be fun. How disappointed are you for him that he tore his labrum and isn't pitching this year? Because what he did last year, both on the mound and at the plate, was just ridiculous. He was yeah. so good. Yeah. he. Um, I remember him actually calling me the day that he got the results back, and... Um, it was just really hard on me. Like, I mean, I would've, if you would have asked me, this could happen to Joey or this could have happened to me, I would have definitely picked myself. I mean, he's like a brother to me, too. I knew how much baseball meant to him, and it was just hard for me to hear the fact that he wouldn't be, um, at the time, he didn't think he was going to be playing a senior season. Right. Um, luckily, uh, Coach Kelly, the head coach at Wayne State, called and said, play your senior season, just don't pitch, and we'll take care of the surgery after high school mm-hmm. ball. So. Yeah, so now he's playing first base. Yeah. And um, still a great player. St. Francis, they're sitting at number one in, in D3 right now. So yep. there's a, uh, is there a little bit of competition, even though you guys, uh, is there some competition between you and, and Joey on the 
uh, on the field? Just yes, no. Maybe bragging rights a little bit, or yeah, or maybe like I don't know, maybe you are just you get along with with everybody. You're not fighting anybody. It's just pranks and no competition between your friends. Like man, that that just seems so different from how I grew up, and maybe that's why I am the person I am now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely bragging rights, and we'll always be cracking jokes. Like, um, just you're scared to play us, or you're scared to play us, and it's uh, I mean, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've gotten to practice with them and Danny and the Peterson twins. and um, I mean, they're all great players. And uh, Keaton Peck joined our team last year, and he's a really good, really good shortstop. And he'll go somewhere for it. But So, like you said, um, you, you talk with Joe and say, hey, I know you guys are scared to play us, so they say the same yeah. thing. And, you know, the reality is, is that there's a lot of area teams that are scared to play you guys. You know, not just the good guys who are, you know, number one in D3. There's a lot of area teams who are scared to play you guys. So what's it like having, you know, that target on your back and everybody knowing Frankfurt's here to ball? Yeah, um, it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. Uh, I mean, showing up to the field, I feel like there's definitely some teams that they may roll over a little bit if we come out gunning and um, the swing of the bat's good. Um, but if you let them hang around, I think, they definitely get fired up a little bit extra, saying that we're here's a team that we're going to beat that's ranked, and especially last year we were ranked number one the whole season. And then, I mean, we got knocked out early, but it was definitely like going to the field. I mean, you may have a little extra swagger walking around, but I feel like teams definitely are just shooting for you. They want to beat the number one team or number two team, or and I feel like St. Francis goes with a they have the, a lot of the same issues and stuff. How do you plan on making this postseason different from last season? Have you guys talked about last postseason, or has that just been kind of, have you just flushed it? I mean, a little bit of both, I guess. Um, we try not to bring it up, but there's definitely scenarios when we're not playing that's like, we got to get our head on straight now and get uh, the ball rolling because, I mean, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, I think we're just a few weeks away from actually having pre-districts and then districts and well, hopefully districts if we can win. But And hopefully you're going to be playing well into June. I'm sure you're hopefully. definitely looking forward to that. Now, not to delve too deep into your personal life, but uh, you happen to be dating the daughter of a former Major League Baseball player and world champion, uh, Doug Mirabelli's daughter, Molly Mirabelli. And she is, uh, or was, uh, a really great softball player last year. She decided to take this season off. But uh, what's it like um, dating the daughter of a former major leaguer? I mean, she's great, and uh, the family's really cool. I mean, I can't express how much stuff they do for me. I mean, I've definitely picked Mirabelli or Mr. Mirabelli's brain a lot, and um, I've taken a lot of batting practice with them, and just he's critiqued my swing and helped me get it better. Well, he's a former catcher too. I mean, yeah, he was a catcher in the big league, so is. Is he giving you any tips, or is he? does he kind of say, I do your own thing, kid? Oh, I, I mean, he definitely helps me out. He gives me a lot of tips. Um, we changed my swing a little bit this year, just trying to get the bat in the zone longer and just a better swing. And uh, he definitely helps me to utilize the most of what I got. And um, I actually i have been carrying his bag since I was like nine, too. Well, do me a favor. The next time you see him, tell him that we want him on the podcast and to return my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> now we have this direct source, direct line. We, we do, and that is great. Uh, 
So, Brett, before we let you out of here, Jake's got his uh, wheelhouse five rapid questions he's going to ask you, and uh, go ahead and get this get this started, my man. All righty, Brett. So we'll get started pretty easy for you. If you do, you, do you prefer AL rules or NL rules? DH or pitcher batting? Uh, AL. I AL. like the. I like the DH in the game. Doesn't yeah. everybody at this point? I mean, I really feel like there's a huge move in this is direction. We're talking about baseball's, you know, steadfast 100-year fans here that will that, never give all this all up. unwritten rules about it, too, Exactly, so. and this is this is the type of thing I don't think you'll ever get out of the game. So, so it's got to be a question to be asked. All right, so far this isn't rapid fire because I, <laughs> I butted in. No more, talk, no more talking from Brendan. All righty, what, what would be your walk-up song if you were in the majors? Ooh. I have no idea on that one. Uh, there's, there's a list of them. See, now I got a butt in. Yeah. We did this uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I came up with a bunch of jokes. One like, Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. I thought that would be great. But I ended with uh, Still DRE from Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. That was the one that yeah. I'd like to walk up to, even though I'm about as white as you can get. I think I went with Becoming the Bull. That's a good song, though. That was, that, I think that's what I would go with. Um, if we are revisiting Becoming the Bull by Atreyu, because that, that, that's a good one to get pumped up to, even in the four seconds that you got. So so anything in the time that we were talking, or no? <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe right. the work remix. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That nice. works. That yeah, works. That absolutely. works. All righty. So what's your favorite snack between doubleheaders? Uh, definitely I go with a hot dog and a Butterfingers and water. All right, so we don't yeah. stay. We don't stay too healthy. <laughs> no, no, it just it just need the fuel. Yeah, yep. okay. that's just always been what I've gotten since. Uh, that's what I've gotten since freshman year. So any type of superstition with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you really? superstitious? Yeah, I'm very superstitious. What, what's what, what's your pregame routine then? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll interrupt the wheelhouse real quick. Just what, what's, add what's it to the, the wheelhouse. Yeah, what's what's the pregame routine? Um, what's your biggest superstition? I I mean, sixth hour I have gym, so I always put on my socks before I go to class. Uh, for seventh hour, all right. When I get to the field, I always put my phone in my pitching glove, and I walk out. I never. I have the same. I always throw in the same s- slot, I guess, on the field with the same partner. And I'm always look on the line. Throw before you hit, and then you hit before you stretch. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I know baseball players can be quite. Be quite bad. Do, do you I, I think that's the most superstitious of sports. Oh, I would definitely agree. There, I don't. I don't know if there's anybody you can even come close to it because a lot of baseball players believe in luck so much that they have to place an extreme amount of time on trying to make sure that lady luck's on their side. Yeah, because it's that game of inches. There's That's so much is. that could go wrong where you want the ball to bounce your way, and if. That means putting on your baseball socks going into sixth hour. Then that's what it's going to be every yeah. single day. You don't mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. We got. I, I really like this question. Um, bottom nine, two outs. What pitch are you calling to get that batter out? Ooh. I mean, completely... full count. We'll throw the full count in there. Yeah. Bases full, loaded. Yeah. Bottom nine, bases two outs, loaded. three two. What What's your strikeout pitch? Um, You're only up by one. If the pitcher could go. Th- and pitch any pitch for a strike, I'd probably throw a changeup. Of course. Now, last question. Being a catcher, I know I used to have these types of fantasies. If you could catch a bullpen from any pitcher, dead or alive, who would it be? Probably uh, Chapman, just to see how fast it is. Really? See how fast the fastball really is. I'd be terrified. (laughs) You know, back when I was was younger, that would have been Joel Zumaya from the Tigers. Yep. He was hitting 103. I think he touched 104 a few times, and... Man, before he I, he tore his wrist up playing Guitar Hero, 
is I believe is what happened. Um, before he did that, I remember watching. That was like watching somebody throw jet fuel behind a baseball. See, so, my my White Sox got Michael Kopech coming up, and that guy has hit 110. But that's taken a couple of steps and a big windup. But he's been able to throw baseball 110 miles an hour. So that kid's gonna be fun to watch, or at least I hope he is. Yeah. Considering I'm a White Sox fan, but Brett. Thank you so much for coming into the studio, taking time out of your day, taking a couple of classes off. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. I know I say this every week, but as always, a big thank you to Frankfurt's Brett Zimmerman for coming into the studio. Uh, an absolute pleasure to talk to that kid. And uh, another signature on our big board on the wall, and we're happy to get that and hopefully sell it for a lot of money one day. Moving on, why don't we get to the Get Around Hall of Fame and talk about our Athletes of the Week. We've got three candidates up this week, but we only have two people in the studio. So why don't we get uh, those nominations right now? Well, I do have a text message from James. Even though he couldn't be here, he wanted to uh, make sure his nominee uh, was put up. And that would be Traverse City Central Softball's Hannah Hull. She hit three home runs this week, two versus Frankfurt and one versus Kalkaska. So definitely going up against uh, some of the area's better teams there. And she has 10 on the year, which is uh, tied among area hitters with Frankfurt's Haley Myers. The athlete that I'm putting up for the player of the week is Haley May out of Bear Lake. Um, last week she took a couple wins out of the circle, took her lumps, but also helped lead Bear Lake to their first West Michigan D-League title since 1987. Uh, last week she pitched four games, had 24 Ks. Um, like I said, won two out of those four, but uh, she also did a great job from the plate, had nine RBI Three triples, three doubles, ten runs scored, and a few stolen bases to toss in there as well. So she was all over the place for Bear Lake in the last week. That's a good run in four games. All right, Brett, you got one more? Yeah, Drew Long from Gaylord St. Mary. He picked up a couple of wins from the hill. Uh, the first uh, threw a two-hitter, struck out ten. Uh, second game, was a, he threw a four-hitter, struck out nine more. And then over the course of uh, those two doubleheaders, uh, obviously four games worth. He had not, at least nine hits, eight RBIs, three runs scored, and I say at least because one of those four games uh, we didn't actually get stats reported for what he had. So um, my guess would be it was Bob didn't little, have the stats there? Well, he just didn't report Drew's stats for that game. Gotcha. And Drew doesn't go over very often, so I'm guessing that he had a little bit uh, the numbers were a little higher than that, but either way, that's that's pretty impressive. It has it, I think Jake, were we talking about this as we were? Maybe I was talking about this with James, but uh, I, one of you, I we were talking about how his uh, winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- twenty-one straight Ski Valley wins. Uh, he like he's undefeated, and yeah. he's and he's thirty-two and two in his career. In his career, he's never lost a Ski Valley game, and I I think he said that he's five and zero on the season in the Ski Valley. Um, but yeah, thirty-two and two as a career varsity baseball pitcher. So I'm gonna so vote. Shabby. I'm voting for him this week. 
I think uh, a little recognition that way. Um, I, I know that I shouldn't be influenced by a career, but I'm going to vote for Drew Long. Well, since he's my candidate, I'm going to vote for Drew Long. And there's your winner, ladies and gentlemen. Jake, uh, as well, a formality. Actually, as, as a, a formality, formality. I'll, I'll let us let everybody know. Uh, Brett was on vacation last week. and uh, I was going to say, even when I I'm thought, not here, yeah, I, Brett, I, my, my picks are the Brett was on win. vacation last week, and I was nice enough to let him know that uh, Drew Long had a very fantastic week of baseball. So you guys get to split this one. I, I'll but take I, a little I bit I did of look up the numbers. <laughs> I, right. I, I saw the numbers and I passed along. You need to check this kid out. So that's a but half a win for each. I'll give, uh, I'll give Drew Long my vote as well. I was very impressed by him last week. All right, well, congratulations to Gaylord St. Mary's Drew Long. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know if Drew has a nickname or anything like that, but uh, let's go into the trifecta and talk about some of the best sports nicknames uh, in the history of the games. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I did pick one from each of the, the four major, uh, each from the four major sports, the uh, MLB, NHL, NBA, and the NFL. And uh, you guys mind if I go first? You go right ahead. All right. So there's a little bit of a Chicago theme to some of these. The only one that isn't is in the NBA, but uh, I'm going to go with Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. Uh, I, I love that. I uh, love that name. God, the amount of Frank Thomas collectibles and merchandise. I've got one plaque. Only 15 of them were made that's uh, sitting in a box uh, right now. I was just going through some stuff the other day and pulled out a Frank Thomas rookie card. Yeah, uh, yeah, a first ballot Hall of Famer and uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, in the NHL, uh, got to go Bobby Hull, Golden Jet, uh, played for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, again, the only one here that is not from Chicago, doesn't have any Chicago ties, is in the NBA, and that is Bob Cousy. The, the logo. Uh, the, no, that's not right. No, that was Jerry West. That was Jerry West. Wow, uh, they, they Please call, cut that out. <laughs> I can't handle really myself. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, sometimes Brett doesn't know his stuff, but but Bob, I did. I corrected it before anybody else jumped in. So well, I just looked at you like no. Uh, <laughs> no. But Bob Cousy, uh, the Houdini of the hardwood, uh, he played for the Boston Celtics. Now the reason that I know Bob Cousy is that my uncle used to get me like these uh, old tapes from the NBA where you like you had the history of the NBA and all these players. And I remember watching Bob Cousy do this move where he's running down the court, just puts it around his back and then dishes it. Uh, and I went, oh, man, I, I like this guy, uh, even though he played in the 50s and 60s. But the Houdini of the hardwood is, is quite a good name. And then what I consider to be the greatest nickname of all time, Red Grange, who played for the University of Illinois and the Chicago Bears best known as the Galloping Ghost. I don't think that there's a better nickname than that, and that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that is, uh, that is a really good one. Um, some of the ones that I had uh, that were perhaps a bit simpler, you know, I think Deion Sanders as primetime was very fitting, especially considering you know, what he was doing at one point between the NFL and Major League Baseball. Um, what was Bo Jackson's nickname? Because he was kind of doing the same thing at that time. Anybody? Bo Jackson? I think they just called him Bo. Yeah, it was Bo. just Bo. Bo knows best. Yeah. Yeah, but they just called him Bo. Yeah. Probably the most famous shoe campaign ever. Um, Other than, you know, Air Jordans. 
Well, but he's talking about a but, singular focus. Yeah, singular. One, yeah, one campaign. Yeah, the Bono's best thing was. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no. As far, I mean, as far as a brand or something, obviously, I had when you brought up the fifties and sixties one. I had one pop into my head. And then I forgot what Pistol it was. Pete? Oh yeah, that's Stop what, it, damn it. That's what I was gonna say. You saw that on my thing, didn't you? I did not. <clears throat> no, I didn't see it on your when he brought up Koozie and was talking about the old ones and, and when he described the behind the back pass, yeah. uh, I was gonna say I mean it's not a great nick not Pistol a great Pete nickname. Is a pretty good one. But Pistol Pete Maravich that uh, I think his his reputation and his skills uh, exceed the caliber of nickname. Um, and an unfortunate end for him. Yeah, it was. Passing away at such a young age. Another NBA player that I wanted to bring up, and not necessarily because he ever had one great nickname, but, I mean, perhaps the king of nicknames is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq Diesel? Diesel. Shaq. The big shamrock when he was (laughs) in Boston for a little while at the end of his... I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, oh, at the same time, I think he also called himself the Big Leprechaun. Uh, the Big Shactus when he was in Phoenix. I've never heard these before. Superman. You knew he called himself Superman. Not the Big Shactus. I like that one. Yeah. Was it wait, Shaq Daddy? Was it Kazam or Shazam or whatever stupid ass movie he did where he was a genie? Yeah, I suppose so. You could, uh, the Big Galactus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't forget, like, his rapper names. He has, like, rap names. Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. Oh, God, yeah. The big big E quotatious. All right, so the one with the most nicknames, but not necessarily the the best. best. Correct, yes. Now, but worthy of mention in this conversation. You got any more? No, that's it. I was trying to come up with something else from from football other than prime time, but... uh, was just eluding me. I th- this segment was totally on the fly for me. If you hadn't guessed, <laughs> galloping ghost still the best. Yeah, well, kind of going on the exact opposite spectrum spectrum of what Brendan did. I have quite a few Detroit. Uh, so that makes sense. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Quite a few Detroit. I'm a Chicago guy. You're a Detroit yes, guy. Exactly. Makes, yeah, exactly. Quite makes a sense. few Detroit um, themed nicknames here. Um, if we're not gonna go with people, there's one here that I got here that's not from Detroit that I think is just an awesome nickname from the NBA, which is uh, Allen Iverson's "The Answer." Yeah, I think that is an awesome nickname, and you can't tell me otherwise. You had some some really good ones at that time, and including uh, you know you had the truth, Paul yep. Pierce, you had Gary Payton, the glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when it comes to nicknames, the NBA is kind of king in that. And there's been plenty. Doc, even you know, Dr. J. There's just so many that you Magic think about. Magic Johnson? Uh, well, the Big Dipper. But Okay, anyways, anyways, we'll get oh, away from those. Well, you're not a, you don't claim to cheer for the Bears anymore, but I mean, what about Refrigerator Perry? Oh, God, yeah, and Sweetness. Yes. Walter Payton. Yep. I still love the game. Sweetness is a pretty great one. When, when we did this, uh, the Galloping Ghost was the first one to pop into my mind. I went, yeah, Red Grange, that was such a cool name. But if we're going to go to my Detroit roots, um, I do have one from one from each of our four professional sports. Uh, I'll start off with from my Detroit Tigers, um, my childhood idol and person I always loved and looked up to, Pudge Rodriguez, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. Um, kind of took on a slight, slightly ironic name after... He had left Detroit, but... Um, yeah, he then, did get a little skinny. Yeah, uh, and then if we're going to talk about NFL, uh, most recently Megatron, 
Calvin also Johnson. Good, one. good, especially with how his tall, lanky frame and how he can get up over anybody. Barry Sanders have a nickname? Apparently not. He was so damn good he, he didn't, didn't even need, need he a didn't nickname. He didn't need one. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> yeah. Barry. Barry Sanders, man. <laughs> uh, one of the other cool, really cool nicknames that I don't think anybody else can really outdo is Stevie Wise, the captain. Because uh, that's exactly what he was, was that 20-year, he was the captain. So I'll, I'll tell you this, going through some of the nicknames, he was, he's not the only one named the captain. No, There's but a I, lot but of he, the captains But he was, there. I believe he was actually not only the first, but also the longest reigning. He was before Derek Jeter and all that good stuff, and... I'm, I'm almost positive Stevie Y is the captain. So you're talking about Steve Eiserman. Yes, yes, yes Steve Eiserman. Just for uh, some of those that weren't picking up Arso, on, yeah, on the Stevie Y. Aren't so versed in my, in my Detroit slang, I'm sorry. And last but not least, I just want to toss in a couple of my Detroit Pistons. and I'd even just say the whole 04, 05 team. Oh, my God, you and Harrison. But, hey, Mr., Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups. Rip, R.I.P., Rip Hamilton. Even Tayshaun Prince, the Prince of the Palace, when they were out in the Auburn Hills. And then Big Ben. Wallace, and then just Sheed. I remember listening, hearing Sheed ring through the Palace of Auburn Hills if he would take a three from the top of the key. Yeah, those were those were also pretty fire nicknames, especially with that starting five that was out of this world. Brett, you've been uh, writing down I've, some I've got more. a couple more. This is, no, a, yeah, I, this is a long conversation. I know. I'm glad that this podcast is going to be an hour and a half. And not only, I, I, not only that, but i got to edit this, and I say this every week. So I'll, I'll admit, you know a couple of these. I've sworn so much in this podcast that I have to be extremely careful. That's what you get for getting so fired the, up. Uh, yes. It's a short list. I only wrote down six. Just <laughs> 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 well, he just gave you like twelve. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm gonna cut no, out his a, entire contribution. A, cu- a couple of these. Gonna be in it. I'll, I'll admit, probably over half of these uh, I got as I was scrolling through a list. But some of them I did come up with as I thought about it more. That's okay. Um, you gotta do research. The one I thought of. Give some give some love to a kicker. Automatic Grammatica Martin, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker. Um, you call them ACL tear. <laughs> uh, T Sizzle, Beast Mode, Broadway Joe for Terrell Suggs, Marshawn Lynch, and uh, Joe Namath. <laughs> uh, one basketball, Big Z for Zadruna Silgowskis. That was a pretty good one that I. Was it? Yes, I because so. I think Hold it was. On. I think it was because good. All of the all of the bad ones are where they just add big in the front, and then it's just <laughs> the first letter of his name. But it just was so fitting for him. But hold on. Because, hold on. because he was none big of those, and not, his first name began with the letter Z. Come on, say that's his a, first name, Brendan. That's Zadrunas Gilgauskas. All right. It's a lot easier than Rachel <coughs> Way. <laughs> but the one uh, that I had forgotten about, which I shouldn't have because I was just watching an ESPN 30 for 30 the other day, that I think can actually rival the Galloping Ghost. All right. Let Not in terms of the talent of the player. But when the XFL was trying to make its thing and you had Rod Stewart as He Hate Me, that was like the cool... I I don't even remember how old I was at the time, but that was like the coolest thing I had ever seen. Well, there it is. No comment. I I I mean, your your thoughts on He Hate Me. Oh, it's it's great. That was one of the... I think at that time it had to be the best-selling XFL jersey. It was the only selling XFL jersey. Um... So, yeah, he hate me, great, but I just don't think that it uh, 
I don't think it's even close to you know being the all the the greatest. I said it would give it it would time. give it a run. I didn't okay. I didn't claim it to be the best. It's not even like a very 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 close <laughs> second. Not in this case. I'm sitting here and putting the answer up there though. I'm sitting sitting here and thinking about it. That's an awesome nickname. The Galloping Ghost. The answer. Well, listeners, audible viewers, <laughs> we do, we actually, this one we want to hear from you on this. We don't want to hear from you about the uh, all-region boys basketball debate. Uh, go ahead and talk about that with your family, friends, and close ones, but uh, leave us alone. So, but this we do want to hear from you. Uh, you can find, uh, you can at me, at Brendan Queeley, at BA Sports Writer, at Jake Atnip, and uh, even if you want to talk to James Cook for some reason, <laughs> at James Cook 14. Uh, before we get out of here, we do have some business to take care of. Uh, we do have to give away our two free movie passes to the state and Bijou Theaters. Our winner this week is Sherry Wilkinson, and she's at BlazerMom25. We'll make sure we put that up on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, the uh, Very interesting here, and we've got for the next contest, um, we have four tickets to the Traverse City Beach Bums, and you can win those again by retweeting and sharing this podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Game of your choice? I think so. I'm not exactly sure how it goes. I'm all I told all I found out is James said to me today that we have 20 tickets to give away and so we'll do uh, this for 5 weeks. Cuz I just did math in my head. <laughs> yeah, retweet, share and we'll have a winner next week. Thank you so much for listening to one of the longest episodes of the Get Around podcast. We got carried away, and that just kind of happens. Uh, we do appreciate our Audible viewers who stuck with it through the end. Also, thank you to Jake Atnip for sitting back and enjoying Brett and I yell at each other, or me yelling at Brett. Uh, and thank you to Brett Summers. I am your host, Brendan Queeley. This has been episode 36 of the Get Around podcast. Come back next week if you want to.